Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, previously referred to. <laughs> and uh, Russ is going to read the scriptures for us today. Let's all stand as we hear it. It is from John 1, 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and through the world he was made the through him the word world was made through him the world did not recognize him he came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him <clears throat> yet to all who did receive him to those who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, born of God. The, world, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this scripture that you've given us. We thank you for your word of life that you've given us to guide us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for each one that's here today and the ones that could not make it. We pray a blessing on all of them. And uh, please, Lord, be with Larry as he delivers a message to us. Prepare our hearts. Let the Holy Spirit here be within us. And we thank you for dear friends like Paul. Amen. Thank you, Russ Carter. You can have a seat. It's a beautiful morning for church because what else can you do on a morning like this? You got to stay in by the fire, right? Are you warm enough? Too warm? Everybody okay? Comfortable? Hey, listen, I just want to mention a couple things to you that we talked about in our board uh, directors meeting the other night. We are looking to see if there's another small congregation maybe looking uh, to start a church uh, in the area that we might even join together, join forces. And uh, if you run into anybody who's uh, doing something like that or if you hear of somebody who is uh, also trying to start a new congregation, just uh, let us know and we'd like to maybe get in touch with them, talk to them a little bit. 
Uh, it's a, a little expensive to stay in this building. We love this place, but it's like $3,200 each month for the, for the uh, rent. Now, somebody whistled, and you think that's expensive? Well, if you look around, you'll find out that that is uh, kind of a going rate for a building like this and a facility like this. It, it takes a lot of money for this to, uh, ministry to operate, okay? So that's just the way it is. Now, uh, if you know of somebody that uh, would like to maybe join with us, maybe there's a group of them, or maybe there's a pastor even that has a, a vision for ministry, might, we might all throw in together and work together for the Lord's uh, purposes. You never know what could happen, you know? Uh, I can tell you that uh, God knows, and God has a plan, and it's always been His church, His project, and uh, we're just open to see what all He might have in store for us. like for you to know that we appreciate all of you who do give so faithfully to this ministry to make it possible. And uh, God bless you for what you are doing financially. And we're not asking you to do any more than you're doing. If, uh, if you're giving your tithes and offerings and following the Lord's leadership in that matter, then God bless you and uh, thank you for that. So this is a matter of just mechanical, practical kind of stuff. It has to be uh, addressed from time to time. We've never made any apologies about this kind of thing because it's life, you know, being responsible. That's part of what it means to be a Christian, right? Uh, having a place of responsibility and taking responsibility and being part of a, of a team and pulling your weight and your fair share and blah, blah, blah. You know, we can go on and on about that. But that is kind of the situation that we're in. I would like for you to give prayerful thought to it. And uh, the point that we are right now, we have about $12,000 in our bank account. We will uh, probably continue to see, uh, of course, contributions and, and offerings during the months ahead. But our, our outlay and our income are out of balance and there's an a point at which we wouldn't be able to continue in this facility. Okay, that makes sense. So I want you to be aware of that. And those of you who listen through internet and all, you can send your love offering to uh, <laughs> Post Office Box 490. I sound like a radio preacher now. <laughs> I'll skip that. Uh, you can figure out how to get us to your offering if you want to help in that respect. But, you know, it's uh, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and every once in a while he slaughters one just to keep his kingdom going so that's the deal if you have any questions about it be glad to talk to you about it it's not a secret we're all in this together and uh, just wanted to pass that along so keep your eyes and ears open uh, we might even after you all are informed and know what's going on we might even put a little ad in the paper and say if any new churches trying to get started you know like to talk to you give us a call blah 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 okay so i just wanted to mention that to you today we talked about it at our director's meeting and, uh, you know, we feel a very sense, a great sense of confidence that uh, God is with us in all things. So there you go. Wow, what a morning so far. Now we come to the message, and I just hope I don't disappoint you with such a <laughs> high level of energy and all. I, I do want to tell you that these, uh, these verses that we mentioned today about the, about the body and the creation of the body, the human body, did you know that over the centuries there's been a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, theology and mentality that really looks askance at the human body. Uh, there are actually people uh, back uh, years ago 
who went up into the mountains, into the monasteries, to try to get away from all of the world, you know, the sensual world, the, the terrible influence of the world, the evil influences. Escape, escape, get away from evil. Go up in the mountain, go up in the monastery, live a secluded life. That is where you can develop your spirituality. That's where you can be purely spiritual. Well, you know, you look at that and you might say, wow, I admire those people that did that. What a devotion they had to do that, to, to really try to be purely spiritual. And yet some that I have learned about in my studies over the years back in seminary and all actually took it to the extreme, to the point that they actually took their own life as a physical person because they wanted to completely be nothing but spiritual. Okay, so you can see that when it goes that far, it's out of hand, right? Okay, that, that goes beyond what you would e even expect to be reasonable. So here's the deal. You look at the New Testament, you read the scriptures, you'll find passages with Pauline epistles where he talks about the flesh, he talks about the body, he talks about the works of the flesh, he talks about evil, blah, blah, blah. You've heard about those things, right? Okay, and then he contrasts that with the, with the fruit of the Spirit. And so you get the perception that your flesh is bad, your body is bad, and your spirit is good, okay? That's kind of a simplified way of looking at it, but essentially, that's what you, what you can take away from that. Now, most people try to find a way to balance those out so that you're not just constantly in a state of turmoil in your mind about the fact that you're a physical body and that you're also a spiritual body, if you will, <laughs> or a spiritual entity and a physical entity. All right, well, let's take a look, a broader look at the scriptures. Now, you realize that at this point in my life, in my development, I've spent more than 50 years studying the Bible, seriously studying it. I have three uh, degrees um, of, in higher education, so I've spent a lot of time and energy on this. Plus, I have uh, done a lot of personal research and thought and reflection. I've talked to a lot of people. I've preached in 28 different, uh, 36 different denominations in 28 states. So I've kind of been around the block a little bit, and I know a couple of things. Uh, I don't know a lot, but I know more than I did. And so there's a lot of things about this that I've already thought about for a long time, okay? It's not like I've never heard any of the verses in the Bible that somebody else might point out. I think I know what most of those are. So let me help, if I can, with this struggle I think all of us have, okay? If we look at a broader view of the scriptures, we discover that the body isn't all that bad. And that's something that we ought to hold on to and remember, especially when we think that we're such terrible creatures, because there is a tendency for us to really get down on ourselves because of our physical uh, construction, our physical functionality, our physical anatomy, and, and our physical physiology. It's... Uh, it's a battle if you, if you follow what I'm saying. People have often over the course of my life in ministry have come in con consultations and conversations about the struggles that they're going through and how their body is just a, they're constantly, they feel like they're battling their body, 
And so I want to give some fresh air to this subject today. If we go back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, we discover that God created the human body. Now, why would God do something like that if it was a bad thing? As a matter of fact, it says he created the heavens and the earth. He made the ocean, the sky, the, all the creatures that live. Finally, he made human beings. And he looked at it. And in chapter 1 of Genesis, God said he looked at all that he had created, and it was very good. It was good. So he looked at the human bodies that he created, and he says, that's very good. And then if you look in Genesis chapter 2, you see a little more expanded version of that earlier chapter 1 story about the creative work of God. And you see how God made man, a human being, out of the dust of the earth. So here is God creating a physical being. And out of this physical being, out of this dirt, the, the, the materials <laughs> around us, carbon and whatever else it is, water, he created bone and tissue and flesh and muscle and skin eyes and brain function and physiologies and anatomy and he did all this wonderful stuff which is amazing by the way if you've never taken a course in anatomy and physiology i would encourage you to go take a course in anatomy and physiology you've probably taken an adult level course somewhere maybe one of the junior colleges or somewhere community college you will have a whole new appreciation for what god has <laughs> created it's absolutely amazing and as a matter of fact elizabeth poe who was our anatomy and physiology teacher in my first year in anatomy and physiology, opened her class the first day with the following scripture verse, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So there's another little tip about your body, fearfully and wonderfully made. So take a class on human anatomy and physiology and learn to appreciate the handiwork of the Lord. It's amazing. He saw all that he had created, and he said, it is very good. And in that second chapter of Genesis, you read that story, and, you know, God puts Adam to sleep, into a sleep, and he takes a rib from Adam, and he creates woman. So, you know, he had his prototype, and then he had perfected it and came up with, with woman, and that's why uh, I think... Uh, <laughs> You know, God's wisdom is obvious at work in that situation. As a matter of fact, when Adam came out of his sleep and his rib had been removed and God had created woman, the Bible says, and Adam saw the woman and he said, and I will fill in the blank, what he said was, this may be a little extra scriptural, but it could have happened, and Adam said, wow, that's what I think he said. But then I don't know for sure, because I wasn't there, okay? It's possible. But that's just part of the story, the beautiful, wonderful story of God's creation. If you're feeling bad about yourself because you are a physical creature, I want you to feel better about yourself when you leave this morning, because your flesh is not a bad thing. Your body is not a bad thing. You're not a bad person because you have a body that was created by God because you have anatomy and physiology that is form and function that God created remember it was his design his doing 
and he looked at this and he said, this is very good. Let's take a look at uh, some situations and think about this from the perspective of a person who has the mentality that spirituality is more important than physical reality. And let's say that we have a kind of a predisposition to look askance upon those things that are physical, okay? Well, let's just see how much good we could get done. For example, Abraham and Sarah, old people who were living with a promise from God that they would bear a son. And this son was to be a miraculous birth because, because Sarah and Abraham were old people, 100 years old and 90 years old. So that's, that's pretty old to be having babies, right? Okay. But God's promise, Isaac, the baby, was to come and to be born. And the name Isaac, by the way, is, is the Hebrew word for laugh or laughter. Because when God told Abraham, Sarah's going to bear a child, you know, and Sarah, he told Sarah, she goes, oh, that is so ridiculous. She laughed. And so when the baby was born, God said, the baby's name will be laughter. I just think that's kind of cute or clever. But let me ask you this question. How could it possibly have been that the wonderful blessings of God that came through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the children of Israel, and all the people of God, and the influence, and finally the lineage of David, and the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, how could all of that have happened if we only live as spiritual creatures? You see? I know that sounds preposterous to even consider that, but how is it that Isaac was born? Well, there was a physiology going on here. There was some anatomy going on here. There was a, there was a functionality of human capacity that was happening there, and it was a very good thing. You have to kind of stretch your mind a little bit to imagine that the world would be full of nothing but spirits when actually the, the world is full of physical bodies that contain spirits or possess spirits or have a spiritual dimension. I think it was Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, who also bore a son. And then there was Mary, the mother of Jesus, the virgin birth, and the Savior coming into the world. And that also is testimony to the fact that God's purposes are not to take us from the physical to the spiritual altogether, but that his purposes, in fact, are often equally to take us from the spiritual into the physical. And how do we know that to be the case? Because everyone's disposition is to go the other direction, especially with the Pauline epistles and the readings in the New Testament that Paul shares with us about the works of the flesh and the spirit and so forth. So in order to take it the opposite direction, we'd have to have some good biblical basis for it, wouldn't we? We'd have to have some scriptural foundation for such a notion. Well, I'm happy to tell you that there is a lot of it available to us. And here is one of them this morning in our scripture. Notice that it says, 
the word of God became flesh. Think about that. That the spirit of God became physical. What a, what a different direction that takes your thoughts, right? What, a, what an interesting thought that suggests. What, a, what an interesting idea looms before our minds when we hear that. That Jesus, the Son of God, that God himself, one of the, if you will, members of the triune God, of the Godhead three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that God in Christ became physical, a flesh. The Word became flesh. So it's going that direction. Now, here's the question. Do you suppose there are other situations in which God would want to become involved in physical activities? Well, obviously the answer is yes. Yes, of course. And so here you see the spiritual invading the physical. And there's where you can find some wonderful benefit and value in living your life because you are a physical person. I know you are. I see you out there sitting around drinking coffee. I hear your voices. I look at your faces. I know that you're a physical person, and that's very good. But I also know that the reason you're in this building today is because you have a spirit within you, a desire to grow and that, develop that spirituality, that you want the Word to become flesh in you. The Word is incarnate. And you know, you know what carnate means? Carnus, carne, carne, carne. <laughs> Carnus, you know, it's, it's a word that means flesh. Actually, uh, in uh, probably several languages, it means meat. Do you want carne or frango? Frango or carne, that's in Portuguese. Do you want chicken or beef? Chicken or pork, you know, not pork, but carne means beef, meat. Could it be that in my body, God is incarnate? Could it be that in your body, God is incarnate? Think of it like this. You're a transporter of the Spirit of God. You are the hands and the feet, the arms and the legs, the eyes and the voice of Jesus Christ in the world today. If there's any Jesus to be seen, it's going to be seen in what you do and how you talk and where you go and the things that you participate in. And the way that he uses your body, your energy, your voice, your mind, your vision, your thoughts, your activities, your life, is the way he gets his work done. This is how God gets his work done. He is incarnate in us. Now we know that Jesus was the Word made flesh, but if the Word could invade our hearts and minds, we could become incarnate. God incarnate. And when I give a 
message and I actually am in tune with the Spirit or any other person who's in tune with the Spirit who preaches the gospel and who brings forth the Word of God, that is, in a sense, God incarnate right then and right now and in this moment. And sometimes when the speaker is actually anointed by the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit and speaking the truth from the Scriptures, there's another voice that people hear, and it isn't the voice of the guy talking but it's the voice of God saying, what you're hearing is true. This is right. You know this is so. And it's like the Spirit of God confirming and convincing the listener because the speaker is actually just a channel, an avenue, a, a vessel, if you will, through whom the Spirit flows to bring the message to the world and to the listeners and to the congregation in this case. Now, Everybody is a minister. Everybody has a body, and everybody has the opportunity to be God incarnate to the world around. So only Jesus is God incarnate? Well, yes and no. He is God incarnate, but he's also in us. Remember the scripture that says, you are the body of Christ? Did you ever hear that verse any time? Do we happen to read anything like that this morning? Do we have a verse like that up there by any chance? Hmm, how about that? Yeah, I thought I heard Russ Carter read that. Now you are the body of Christ. All the body that any person will ever see, all the Jesus anybody will ever know, is the Jesus that, he, that they see in you. Think about that. Each of you are part of this body. So I remember when we were going to cancer treatment for Jeff, and I'd take him up to the doctors, and we'd drive long hours to get there, and he'd sit in that room for five or six hours and take that terrible medicine trying to save his life. And I remember driving back, and a lot of times he'd just be exhausted and so sick, and he would sit over here in the right seat of the car, and I'd look over at him, you know, just glance over there at him every so often. I, what I remember about that more than anything was how absolutely beautiful his hands were, his hands. That's a strange thing, isn't it? Just the hands of my son, that unique look of the way his hands were made. And I thought about his body and how his body was failing him and how we were probably going to lose Jeff. He probably wasn't going to be with me anymore after this year because of this terrible pancreatic cancer and I began to think about the body and how the body is so important to life and without a body without a functioning body everything else everything else in this world ends you're utterly dependent upon your body your body is your transport system to transport out to the world around you every purpose that God has in mind for your life. So you gotta take care of your body. Take care of your body. And we know that someday your body is gonna give out. It's gonna quit and your life is gonna end and your purpose is gonna be complete. But today, we're all still here. Today, we all still have a moment. 
Today, I have a voice. You have a voice. I have an arm. I have a leg. I have a finger. I have a mind. I have a, an opportunity. And I want to do it and do it to the fullest of my capability. I want to do it with all the zest and enthusiasm possible to help somebody, to encourage somebody, to love somebody, to lift somebody. I want the Word to become flesh in me. And I want you to join me in this. I want the Spirit of God to become activated through our physical bodies, that in our bodies, in our voices, in our hearts and minds, we may be truly the body of Christ. Remember the verse, and I'll close with this. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice dedicated to God, which is reasonable, and it is the way you can serve. It's your reasonable service to do so so here it is here's my body here's my voice my limitations but this is what you designed this is what you made all my stuff all my anatomy all my physiology i try to put it all together and do the best i can to present it to you as a living sacrifice the word flesh a good combination <laughs> a good thing Lord I ask that you would fill our bodies with your spirit help us to see ourselves as creatures created by God for great and wonderful purposes to not hate and despise our physicality to not loathe our passions and our physical drives, but to accept them as part of the wonderful gift that you have given us. Thank you. And most importantly, that our bodies would be living sacrifices for you, and that the word would may be made flesh in me as I pray this together with my brothers and my sisters, may each of us say, may your word become flesh in me, dear Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.